It's June 13th, 2018, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I am Bert Lum. And I am Ryan Ozawa. First up, we're going to hear about some upcoming events. We'll talk to you about the Honolulu Mini Maker Fair. We'll hear about a South by Southwest meet and greet coming up. We'll have Phil Tripp, the South by Southwest Senior Business Development Manager. He'll tell us all about it. Then Melly James is back. She's going to brief us on the schedule for the next cohort of Mana Up, including some important deadlines for Made in Hawaii companies. And of course, after the break, we'll learn about eICon, an international student coding challenge that is originating in Korea but is now coming to Hawaii. Shane Asselstein and Judy Nagasako from the Department of Education are both here to tell us all about it. Now, very quickly at the top, we want to let you know about the Honolulu Mini Maker Fair. This is an annual event of makers, creative people doing wonderful things, and they're going to be sharing what they're up to June 23rd at Iolani School. If you want to check it out, it is free, great for the family. You can go to honolulu.makerfair.com. And again, that's on June 23rd, and we're going to hopefully see you there. Great. Now let's welcome Phil Tripp. He's joining us by phone from Australia, I believe, to Tell us about the upcoming South by Southwest meet and greet event. Welcome to the show, Phil. G'day, mate, or should I just say, <laughs> how's it? Uh, good day, right. sounds good. And how's it? Yeah. We'll take both. So, Phil, we had you on the show last year, and, and you were really kind of going, making the circuit, uh, promoting uh, South by Southwest, and I guess, I guess you're kind of responsible for getting the uh, participants in, in, in Hawaii. Tell us uh, tell us what your, your objective is. Oh, okay, well... Hawaii is kind of like Silicon Island to me. Actually, Hawaii, New Zealand, and Australia are my three territories. And Mm. let's face it, we're the big rocks in the Pacific. And Hawaii is really like another country when you need to export your goods to America, your services, your intellectual property. And South by Southwest serves as one of the gathering places where you can do this. My job is simply to make sure people are aware of what's coming up. We do plan early to have a meet and greet where people who are veterans of South By, we have about 35, 40 last year, Hmm. uh, can get together and learn about what's coming up. So I'll be in uh, Honolulu on the 18th at the Impact Hub at 6 p.m. for about two hours, and I'll be speaking with Elizabeth Kieskowski, from your own star advertiser, who's uh, a well-known uh, veteran of South by Southwest, mm-hmm. he all over there. Well, you know, and Phil, in terms of uh, the participants that you're looking for, are you looking for both sort of the, the tech uh, representation as well as the, the music? Oh, mostly tech. You know, South by Southwest has flipped around. I started in 2002. Pretty much it was 100% music back Mm -hmm, then, mm -hmm. very little tech, Mm -hmm. a bit of film. But this year, we had 850 come from Australia, for example. 65% were tech and marketing, a few people in banking, too, Hmm. but they were the tech end of banking. Uh, 30% music, 5% film, and 5% of what I'd call other. So the paradigm has shifted a lot, and really... I'm more interested in finding new ideas, new brands, and uh, new businesses uh, that uh, can benefit from South by. 
Absolutely. Now, I mean, I've attended a couple of South by Southwest conferences, also for a startup that started here in Hawaii, and I, I'm glad to hear that it is, in fact, a very large part of this event that a lot of people do associate still with music, which is great. It's a live music city there in Austin. You said you plan early, and yes, the next South by Southwest is in March. So what does uh, coming to Hawaii and doing this meet and greet do this early in the program? How What, what are you setting everyone up for? <laughs> well, I'm setting them up to plan ahead and to actually work ahead because, let's say, panel picker, which is how we encourage the community to enter session ideas and have a voice in the daytime conference programming. That starts June 25th. So if you want to speak there, Ryan and Bert, (laughs) you can come up with a great topic, submit it. It'll be looked at by our committee and then voted by the public until July 20. So you only have less than a month to come up with that idea and submit it. That's just panel picker. Uh, If you're in the film or music side, you can put your upcoming film in uh, June 25th also. And if your band wants to play South By, Mm. the quicker you get your um, application in, you're at the front of the line. And our, our people who look over these things, have not burned out as they would have by about <laughs> October when our final deadlines are happening. So the, the idea is you want to get in early, you, you'll be considered, I guess, a first in, first out, and, and having an opportunity to maybe plan your trip to uh, Austin, Texas. So um, last year, can you give us an example of some of the companies that might have uh, participated in South By? Uh Gee, too many to mention. I could go through the whole list, but that might tire you. <laughs> I think it's better. I think it's better to talk about what we discuss and do. Let's say in the conference itself, which kicks off Friday, the ninth of March, and ends pretty much about Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, the fourteenth, fifteenth. The topics there. Let's just say in panel picker, the conference tracks are brands and marketing code and programming, design, health, Hmm. intelligent future, style and workplace. And then uh, you've also got our convergence area, which is government, news and journalism, social impact, sports, and then, of course, the startup and tech sectors, VRAR, food, and experiential storytelling. Plus, we have a city summit which is something new for us. Mm, I we can keep see, coming uh, up with new ideas, like the Comedy Festival was about five years ago. Some well, of them work, well, some of them don't. Well, Phil, thanks uh, You know, thank, thanks for the rundown. We'll definitely put some um, links up on the on the show notes. Uh, so tell us again, when, where and where, when and where are you going to be on the 18th? Okay. It's at the Impact Hub in Kaka'ako, just across from your brand new Whole Foods Market. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Look, I know my way around already. And it, it kicks off at 6 sharp. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Great. Phil, for joining us. All right, thank you. Always and of good course, to hear from you. Next up, we want to welcome back to the show. We've got a name on the seat for her, Nelly James. <laughs> and, of course, this time she's going to tell us about the next Mana Up cohort, which is, uh, uh, I guess, the 
the due date is coming up pretty soon. Welcome to the show, Millie. Thanks, Bert. Thanks, Ryan. So um, just for some of the listeners, Mana Up is a local Hawaii initiative building the next 100 Hawaii CEOs and product-based businesses earning multi-million dollar annual revenue. So what we're doing is looking for entrepreneurs who want to grow their value-add products or retail products globally. So uh, we host a cohort uh, twice a year, our accelerator program, which is 12 weeks, and we're recruiting now for our cohort two. We just graduated cohort one in April. We had a great showcase at Salt at Arcacaco mm. with over 600 people with, with 10 products we showcased, and we're now recruiting for cohort two. And we featured a couple of those uh, on our show, and um, at least some of us got to participate and partake in some of those delicious products. Yeah, I remember <laughs> hearing about it while I was away. It was delicious. I think it was uh, Hawaiian Pie Company. Oh, yeah. All right, so you have the second cohort. You're uh, looking for companies that, as you said, are trying to be part of this next hundred successful companies building products here in Hawaii, made in Hawaii. Uh, so what are some of the deadlines that – they need to keep in mind if they're out there saying, I'm making something that I think is ready for that next level. Yeah, so they should go to manauphawaii.com. And our deadline for application is June 23rd. And that's all online. You can get all the information there. We're also hosting an info session at our Mana Up headquarters in Dole Cannery on um, Tuesday, June 19th at 5.30 to 7.30. So if you're interested in coming down, meeting some founders, talking to some of the Cohort 1 companies about their experience, please come over and, and RSVP on our website. Now, some of the companies that participate in the Cohort the cohort 1, <clears throat> I mean, they were great product uh, companies, and they all had a unique sort of approach to leveraging the Hawaii brand. And so is that... What you pretty much are looking for in the next cohort is there is there a particular focus on a sector of the uh, of the market? So we do have criteria for the companies applying. One is that they need to be at over a hundred thousand annual revenue in order to apply. Um, they have to have had a few things figured out. It's certainly not startup mode. Mm-hmm, a little bit mm-hmm. farther along. Mm-hmm. Two, they're leveraging the brand of Hawaii in some capacity. Three, that their headquarters is based are based here in Hawaii. Those are all very important pieces. And four, that they are interested in scaling and growing beyond Hawaii. So looking at that first first cohort, we mentioned Hawaiian Pie Company. You've got Kunoa Cattle Company. You've got Manoa Chocolate, uh, Monkey Pod Jam, tea, uh, the Tea Chest. I mean, some familiar, some less familiar brands, all, again, doing quite well but ready to scale up here in Hawaii. But for this next cohort, you're effectively looking for the same kinds of companies. It's not like you're specifically focused on food, but that might be uh, one of the categories that are represented. Yeah, we're not sure if there, if there ends up being a theme that comes into place. Mm-hmm. The theme for Cohort 1 ended up being an agricultural component, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. all 10 companies we're sourcing or growing a raw material being grown here in the islands, which was quite powerful as we look at what's going to happen in ag industry for the next 150 years with diversified ag, which is really neat first theme. Um, we, we, it may not be the same for this cohort, too. So if you're in retail, beauty, um, value-add food, basically anything good for export, um, that's, those are all products that are um, you know, a good fit for Mana Up. You know, it's a great program from from my vantage point. Uh, do the companies need to pay into this, or uh, and are you or getting any kind of equity? Does Mana Up get equity, or how does what's the what's the deal? I guess. 
Yeah, so we provide resources, uh, mentorship, and access to capital. We are not putting any investment into these companies. Um, so we are not taking any equity mm. um, in uh, of the company. Mm-hmm. There's also no charge to, to join the accelerator program. Uh, we do also offer... Um, the ability for us to sell their products through our own e-commerce platform, mm-hmm. as well as um, some other areas that we are able to help them open up sales distribution channels um, through Mana Up. Oh, that's All a great, right. great deal. So again, the deadline to apply, but more importantly, this uh, meetup where people can get firsthand face-to-face with some of these other founders to hear more about the program. So that's June 19th, which is a Tuesday, 5.30 to 7.30 at Mana Up headquarters, which is in the Dole office building connected to Dole Cannery. All the information for that and to RSVP is at manaaphawaii.com. The deadline to apply is June 23rd. And Malik, real quickly, put your HVCA hat on and tell us about the upcoming luncheon. Yes, so we actually have a breakfast coming up on Thursday, June 21st at the Pacific Club. And this is a little bit different than our normal Mm -hmm. um, meetings for HVCA. This will be a breakfast, 7.30 to 9.30 at the Pacific Club. And this will be a lieutenant gubernatorial forum Mm -hmm. um, that we're hosting, really focusing on questions around entrepreneurship, business, innovation, and what our candidates are going to do to focus on these areas. We've got Josh Green, Willis Sparrow, and we also have Kim Coco Iwamoto, as well as Jeremy Lowe, who are the candidates who are being represented um, so far in this forum. Fantastic. Very good. Well, thanks, Millie, for joining us. Great. Thanks, Bert. Thanks, Ryan. And of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Shane Asselstein and Judy Nakasako. We'll find out about E-Icon. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. HPR fills the, I guess, non-commercial gap that's left by providing a variety of both news and entertainment and quality intellectual programming that you don't see or hear. And I think it provides sort of more truth-telling to the community than you get on many stations. Hi, my name is Bruce McEwen, and I'm a sustaining member of HPR. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us are Shane Asselstein and Judy Nakasako. Shane wears many hats, and of course he's wearing many of them right now when he's not teaching tech classes over at Momilani Elementary School. He's, uh, he's a, he's, he teaches teachers how to teach computer science and runs a local chapter of the Computer Science Teachers Association and helping to organize the E-Icon Student Coding Competition. Meanwhile, Judy is an education specialist at the Hawaii State Department of Education and was instrumental in attracting E-Icon to Hawaii. And of course, what does E-Icon being in Hawaii mean for our students? Welcome, both of you, to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you. Thank Thank you for having us. So, Judy, we'll start with you and, um, you know, tell us a little bit about the history of of E-Icon and its origins in Korea and why is it now kind of being done in Hawaii? Yes. So E-Icon has been done in Korea for the past seven years. Mm -hmm. Um, They invite countries to send a team of two students and a teacher from all over the world, and they fund all of the costs. Well, we were surprised to receive last year an invitation to send a team uh, representing not just Hawaii, but the entire U.S. And apparently, this was the first time that it was done. 
So we did have a team that participated um, from Kawana Nakoa, and they actually did quite well, mm-hmm. placing second. Hmm. Um, but what surprised us was that we received as well a proposal asking the Hawaii Department of Education to co-host EICON for the very first time ever in Hawaii. And of course, um, that was a big uh, surprise to us. And so I asked for uh, several people, including Shane, um, to join me in observing firsthand what EICON was all about. Mm -hmm. So we traveled to Korea last August, um, a team of seven of us, um, several DOE members, but also two members of our business community and also fluent in Korean, as well as a representative from the East-West Center. So the overwhelming conclusion or consensus of all seven of us was that EICON should be held in Hawaii. Um, And we concluded our discussion and came back, met with the governor and first lady and also our superintendent and said, here's what we found out. And both gave their blessing and said, let's do this. And that's what has brought us to where we are today, uh, planning. That's very exciting. Mm-hmm. So let me understand. So this event's been happening in Korea for several years, many years. And we're not even just talking about maybe doing a sub-event here or a feeder event here that then goes to that um, annual Korean event. They're saying that Hawaii should host the main event here in the islands. Is that correct, Shane? Yes, absolutely. Um, there will be 100 uh, participants, 20, stu- uh, sorry, 20 teachers, 80 students. Uh, coming from 12 different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great representation of people coming. Um, there's uh, a, a lot of the invitations went out to developing countries, which is great, giving them opportunities they normally wouldn't have. Mm. Uh, one-third of the teams will come from Korea, one-third of the teams from Hawaii, and one-third will come from the world. So, Shane, when you went to this event for the first time, uh, what were some of the the key sort of takeaways that you saw value in wanting to perhaps support the idea that it now get uh, you know done in Hawaii. Well, I mean, as you guys know, I'm I'm a big fan of anything computer science in mm-hmm. Hawaii. I mm-hmm. think we have a a really um, a, a, a responsibility for us to promote more computer science events in Hawaii, and this was a great way of doing that. What we saw in Korea was these teams coming together from different countries and producing. Um, you know, working on a, com- a collaborative project and producing something. Not only that, we we absolutely saw teams collaborating with other teams. So not worrying so much about the competition of it, but rather wanting to see everybody succeed. And when we talk about global e-learners, that's exactly the kind of stuff that we want to see. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I want to, you know, in full disclosure, say that I, <laughs> I am a judge for e-icon. And thanks to Shane for inviting me to Fully qualified. Well, I don't know about that. But, uh, you know, I will... Do my best. So, so Shane, what are the what are the sort of st- structural things that the teams need to consider when when competing or collaborating uh, in this contest? Well, um, so th- they've already been communicating to each other through different means, uh, social media, um, websites, that kind of stuff. Since about early May, mm-hmm. um, they'll come together for the week here and then have the closing. Uh, the things that they need to work on, um, the deliverables for them is going to be a proposal, an actual formal written proposal. They'll have uh, poster boards of media, video, like an elevator pitch, so to speak. And finally, they'll have an actual app that they have to create. This year, the app will have the added theme of not only being educational, but also having the uh, incorporating the 17 UN sustainability goals. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really curious, Judy, about, you know, given the many uh, priorities of the Department of Education, how we're trying to integrate more, um, you know, computational thinking and sustainability and project-based learning into the curriculum. It sounds great, but obviously it takes resources, it takes support to put on an event. Um, can you give us a, a, a bigger picture of the pieces that are rallying together to make this happen? Well, as I tell people, this is actually only one event um, out of the many that are occurring in the state um, and everywhere else. However, it is a significant event in that it calls attention to the importance of teaching computer science, um, and it will have a spillover effect because not only does it tell the students how important it is, but the rest of the community um, and that we're hosting in Hawaii tells the world that Hawaii is positioning itself to contribute in this way. And what better group to do it with, with our younger population who are going to be global leaders. And so certainly their work towards this, uh, these goals and this commitment to making a difference is a perfect way to announce this. And be, as again, just one event out of so many uh, as far as the department is concerned. I mean, we might see some of this, say, in robotics, for example, but the mm -hmm. fact that this is an international event um, is not insignificant for a state um, education department. Exactly. Um, the department is moving in the direction, and Shane can describe too, because he's been actively involved in the work group as far as the Department of Education. But it is, as I said, uh, just a catalyst, if you will, to help support the many efforts that are going on. Now, uh, Judy, I do want to talk about some of the schools that uh, are participating, because the one that the Kowana Nakua went to, that was basically just a couple of students that went to Korea. But now we'll have a whole slew of students involved with this one coming up uh, in, in the latter part of uh, June. But before we get to that, I want <clears throat> to take a short break. Uh, we are talking to Shane Ashelstein and Judy Nagasato, Nagasako about the e-icon. And, of course, we'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training, Moyer Financial, and Kaiser Permanente. And, of course, welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And we're talking to Shane Asselstein and Judy Nagasako about e-icon coding challenge from Korea. Now, before the break, uh, of course, we were talking about the, the Hawaii participation and the value it has to Hawaii. When the team went over for the first participation, that was from Kwananakoa. There was a couple of students. Now there's a whole slew of students from Hawaii. Give us an idea as to what schools have participated and how did those students perhaps get chosen to be a part of this? I'll give it to either one of you. Judy, you want to start into that? <laughs> okay, Bert. One of the reasons the Department of Education decided to co-host, um, the big carrot, if you will, mm -hmm. was that we would get to have one-third of the par student participants be from Hawaii. That still is only 30 students mm -hmm. and five teachers, but... It meant a lot to be able to involve more students from our schools. Um, so certainly what we have um, in terms of participation is representation from 10 schools from the state. Um, of those, um, six are high schools and four are middle schools. Uh, this year, 
consistent with uh, the participation for international uh, participation, whereas the previous year there were only a handful of middle schools, mostly high schools. This year is an increased number of middle school students showing, I think, what schools around the world are realizing, that the younger the students are, the more they learn and how quickly they learn um, is going to increase their ability um, as they progress through the grades. Now, Shane, you've been going around to a lot of the schools. You've been involved with Code.org. You're getting teachers sort of trained, the trainer uh, uh, classes, workshops, what have you started to see in terms of the students' interest in computer science? And like Judy says, are they, you know, are the young ones really latching on to this? Mm. Um, you know, I see a lot of examples of schools that are, you know, approaching me. That I'm not actually going out there very often anymore to say, hey, do you want to teach computer science? Mm-hmm. They're coming to me saying, hey, we've, we want to make a change. We want to do this. So the fact that the teachers are willing to do that, they're giving up their time on a Saturday and a holiday to come get trained. The students are then translating that into showing up for these kinds of events. You know, the excitement. Um, when we, we actually had the students apply, they had to run do a whole application. They had to come up with a an idea for an app they were thinking of with the same goals involved. Um, we then went, sat down and threw all the papers and all the applications and figured out who was who we were going to take to the competition as well as the, the, the teachers. The teachers also had to apply for this. and. Mm. There were a lot of qualified people to, to, for the competition. That was great. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's what we're seeing is that at a younger age, because with the, the middle school schools, they're realizing that the kids can do this. It's not if they do good or if we offer it, but if you give it to them, they're going to be able to step up and do this. Now, Judy, this is a, a great event, and it's um, coming right up. So certainly all of the groundwork is largely complete, and we're really looking forward to how that um, unfolds. But if uh, someone is listening and saying, well, this sounds like a great program, I want that at my school, my student, my child would be really interested in something like this. What is the on-ramp? How can someone be prepared to be interested and ready for EICON 2019? That's a good question. Um, We have uh, no immediate plans to Mm co-host next year. Um, That is up for discussion. We're trying to evaluate, uh, and Korea is as well, in terms of uh, whether it works to have the competition, for example, rotate among different countries. Uh, They've started with us, so there's no commitment Mm -hmm. beyond this year um, on anyone's part. The thing that we, I think, Uh, what we do know is that when we interviewed students who participated last year, they told us stories such as, we don't have computer science in our school, in our country. And we asked, well, how did you get here? And they said, we taught each other. We were interested. Um, We asked the teachers if they could provide a room or support. And then they came. And then they started learning and asking questions. And yet we had other schools that they specialize in only this, Mm. the entire time the students are in school. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole range out there. We believe that in our schools, um, there will be groups, schools, students who initiate their own events. And that's what we want to see. This is just a trigger, or as I said, a catalyst for more to happen. So Shane, I mean, in terms of uh, the success of this uh, event, how would you measure whether, you know, E-Icon was successful in Hawaii? Um, I think it's already basically a, a success right now. We've, we've successfully brought it here in uh, less than a, like 10 months, I guess, uh, you know, and I think the to further see the successes when we 
come to the closing and we see the the faces of the kids and mm-hmm. the exhaustion of them because they've been up for three or four days working on this, uh, seeing their faces as they actually submit that final button and say, I've got my app submitted. You know, you're familiar with this with the hackathons. You know how that <laughs> feeling is. You see them on that last day. Uh, watching them, I mean, I won't get to watch them. You and I won't get to watch them on the field trip, but the field trip day will be doing the judging. But they're going to go out there. They're going to have fun. They're going to get to collaborate with in a different environment. Yeah, no, that sounds, sounds great. great. Yep, yeah. coming up at uh, the East West Center. And uh, if people wanted more information either about this event or to get involved in working with you, Shane, in terms of uh, bringing computer science to their school, how can they get more information? Well, they can definitely get to the um, on Facebook. There's a e at EI contest. Mm-hmm. The Icon Contest is the uh, Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, my email address, you guys can get a hold of me and at shane.asselstein at gmail.com. We'll put that on our show notes at bitemarscafe.org. Very good. We're looking forward to it. Shane Asselstein and Judy Nakasako, they're both key organizers of the upcoming E-Icon International Code Challenge. And, of course, we want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Next week, we're going to talk about the University of Hawaii's Wood Innovation Grant. And, of course, if you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. You can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app. And of course, you be awesome, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.